today we're glad that you're here and in front of you in the pew there should be an Eastwood Connect. If you are visiting you are an honored guest and we would be more honored if you would fill this out. Put it in the offering plate later on so that we can know who you are and make a contact with you. Let's pray. Thank you Father for this day and for your care over us. Father, we ask you to just uh, erase from our mind anything today that would hinder us from worshiping you. Father, might this be the best day that we spent in your house in a long time, Father, for no other reason, Father, than you and your presence. Makes no difference what we sing, what we say, what we do, as long as we uh, pay attention to you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Greet somebody. Tell them you're glad they're here.
just a moment, please. Just before we have our just before we have our offertory, we want to have a special prayer. We have so many people who are sick. Do you have somebody in your family who is sick? I do. Who has family that are sick? My wife has terrible bronchitis and she's not able to be out this morning. Uh, Brother Ron Womack's wife, Annette, is in the hospital. We want to pray for her, for Mr. Hollingsworth. And I want you to take just a minute to call out names. We're going to have a special prayer in just a moment. The Bible says, if anyone is sick, if anyone is sick, let him call the people of the church, the elders, the leaders of the church together, and let them pray. And I tell you, dear friends, we're going to pray. If you have someone that you know is ill, just call out their names. This side first. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, pray for them, pray for them. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, over here. Who, who, you have someone say, call out their names. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Where are the deacons? Stand up and come forward. All the deacons, come. All of the deacons, all of the deacons. Please come and stand with me. Just come and, come and stand with me if you feel like it. Would you do that? Would you do that? Just come and stand with me for a moment. Okay. All right, we're going to pray. Yes. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Yes, there's some behind me. Yes, please come, dear friends. Call the elders together. And we have elders, all the elders. Elders means all of those elderly saints, both women and men. So let us pray together. Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray for these that are ill. And we're going to pray for China. We're going to pray for those affected by the coronavirus. Oh, dear friends, we are standing on the edge of tragic developments. Let us ask our God to intervene. Would you do that with me? Would you do that with me? I'm going to pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, our hearts and our minds bow before You because we know so many who are ill today and in the hospital. And we pray for them. Many we do not know. Many of them are friends and relatives and folks that we know in this congregation. We lift them to you this morning, especially these two that have asked a special interest in our prayers, Miss Annette and, and Mr. Hollingsworth. And there are others. Yes, there are others. Oh, dear God, I pray this morning that you would touch us and heal us. Begin in our hearts and then to our physical bodies. But we bless you, dear Father, that although oh, this world is upset and confused and affected by so much disease, and particularly this coronavirus in China and across Asia, oh dear God, stay the hand, stay the hand, oh God. And may your people there and here call upon you. And may the people about us hear our prayers and know that the church is praying. And God's people are praying. And oh God, if you are gracious to intervene, we bless you. If not, you will heal us ultimately in heaven. And oh God, we will be perfect there, not here. So Lord Jesus, minister to each one of these souls today that are ill, that are feeling ill, that face difficulty, that face pain, that face surgeries. Oh God, those that faced things unknown 
And oh God, I pray for my family in Indonesia this morning with the eruption of the volcano at Merapi near our house and the villages that I worked in up on the mountains at Kaliurang and Ungarang and Pakan. Oh dear God, oh dear God, deliver those people and bring them to you. Thank you now for this day. Receive this offering that we bring now. We lift it to you as a gift to you, dear Jesus. And all the people together said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. take the offering at this time. Thank you so much. We bring our offerings to Jesus this morning. When you put that, when you put that money in the offering plate, you say, Jesus, I give it to you. Will you do that? Huh? Will you do that? And these fellows are going to take the offering right now. God bless you. Take the offering. Thank you. We have prayed. We have prayed. Amen. God bless you. We just do things different around here. Is that okay? Huh? Is that okay? God bless you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love for the Lord. Let us love him and worship him. Let us sing. God bless you.
David sang the praises of the glories of Jehovah. Oh, reached all this lost, save knowing Christ. Little John said he is precious by leaning on his bosom. So for a moment, may I humbly testify.
said to me, Preacher, would you just sit down with me for a few minutes and tell me how I can have peace with God in my heart? He said, I've, uh, I've studied the four spiritual laws. I've been down the Roman road. I've been to church all my life. And I don't have peace with God in my heart. I don't have this assurance in my heart. Can you just sit down personally and talk to me eyeball to eyeball? Next Lord's Day, we're going to have a baptism. And I just felt that the Lord was saying to me, make sure you get the first things first. And I just want to speak to you personally this morning, very honestly, and then give an invitation for you to come and just open yourself to the Lord. You may want to do it here at this altar. You may want to kneel. You may want to stand. We're here to minister to you. Many of you have gone to church all your life, your lives. Many of you heard the gospel as these beautiful children are hearing now in Sunday school and how thankful we are for our Sunday school workers. They're not just keeping those kids. They're ministering to them. And we need to pray that the good seed sowed in their hearts will bring forth true faith in Jesus Christ. Now, some of you have been involved in Christian music and these great hymns of the church. But I want to say to you, dear friends, it is not following simply camp meeting, camp meetings or churches or preachers or revivals. It isn't simply singing the great hymns of the church, of knowing every song in the red book. The question is, are you born again? And when we hear sermons about how to trust Christ, we move from one passage to another, and that's beautiful. But working in Asia, working on the mission field, and in my ministry as a pastor through these years, I think you need personally to hear this morning, simply and honestly, from the lips of Jesus, what it, you need to do to receive Christ as your Savior. And you have to judge in your own heart, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, whether or not you have been obedient. And all I can say to you, dear friends, is I can't give you God. I can't give you salvation. But we come to Him this morning who can. I love this beautiful song, Have I Told You, have, have, did I mention that I love you? When we were in India, in Calcutta, one of the places I wanted to go was to Mother Teresa's orphanage. And we went down into the heart of Calcutta, the old city. And as we walked down the alley, it's not a broad highway, it's an alley where Mother Teresa has her had her orphanages and her ministry to the women. Walking down the alley, I was attracted by a loud noise right across the door going into the orphanages here, and here is a huge 
huge spectacle going on. It's the worship of Kali. Kali is a Hindu god, a woman. And she is the woman standing there with all of these hands. And we see those hands in the air. But I want to tell you, in one of those hands is a knife. And if you look closely, you will see under her foot is a body. It's the body of her husband. And they painted blood on this image of the man. She has stabbed him and cut his heart out. And she has in one of those hands a human heart. And they painted red on her face to show that she is eating his heart. But right across the alley is a door of hope. And in that door of hope is Mother Teresa's orphanage. She died a couple of years ago. And everyone was quite concerned what in the world this wonderful woman from Albania who had given her life to India, would do. What she would say is she was dying, and she said to the lady who was helper, please cross my hands. Mother Teresa, what are your last words? Thinking she would say, well, God bless the Pope, or perhaps a Hail Mary. She simply said, write this down. Yes, I have a pen. What do you want to say, Mother Teresa? I want to say I love Jesus. And with her last breath, she opened her eyes and said, Dear Jesus, I love you. Dear friends, that is the very heart of the gospel. It isn't loving the church or loving the music, which is wonderful, or loving God's people as blessed as they are. Dear friends, you must do business with God. Jesus took his disciples one day up on the side of a hill up in northern Galilee at a place called Caesarea Philippi. What a strange place to go. Caesarea Philippi was the city that Caesar, Philip Caesar, had built. And there was a huge monument to Caesar himself. People went there to worship Caesar as God. But the place they went was a strange place. It was a mountain place. There was crags and rocks in those hills. And it was a very tragic place of superstition. It was the place where those people worshipped Pan, P-A-N. The present city of Caesarea Philippi is called Pania, from Pan. Pan was a wild goat of a man chasing through the mountains, chasing people down, scaring little children, raping women. And in that context, between the worship of Caesar and superstition, and some of you have come out of the same superstitions that I have out of these mountains, and God had to deliver you from it. And now we're faced with another God. It's not political. There are no gods in Washington. But standing between the modern world of our political turmoil and the tragic world of superstition out of which our ancestors came in Europe, whether you were Irish or Scotch or German or whatever, on that day Jesus stood up and asked, Who do you say that I am? Well, he says this and she says that. That preacher said this and that preacher said that. Jesus says, I ask you, and this is Mark's gospel, chapter number 8. And Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? The most important thing in the Christian faith is not where you will go or what you will do or what song you sing.
or what size church you worship in, the most important thing to you is, do you know who Jesus is? Oh, I've heard about Jesus. I've seen his picture. Yeah, you've seen a lot of pictures. And you've seen some images. But have you met him face to face? Jesus stands before us today. He promised to be here. And he offers this invitation to you. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. He speaks to you. O Spirit of God today, speak to our hearts. May you hear, if you've never heard before, Jesus say to you personally, Come unto me. Do you know who I am? To the woman at the well, Jacob's well, the well of Sychar, he said, if you knew who was talking with to you, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Dear friends, this glorious book reveals to us the eternal God of creation who sent his son, Jesus Christ, Human flesh walked this earth, died on a cross and rose again and now lives eternally. He comes to meet us this morning and asks you, do you know who I am? Who do you say that I am? And this man said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Whether you call him Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, Savior, Lord, I bow before you. Call now upon the name of Jesus if you've never done that before. Call personally. That's what Jesus wants. Call personally. Where is that done? It's done in the inner heart, in our soul. We don't have the privilege of touching him. Thomas, you touch me, but more blessed are those who have never seen me, never touched me, and yet believe. God is offering you a special blessing this morning, the blessing of salvation as you say, Lord Jesus, I just ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I believe that you are. The scripture says that's faith. God, increase our faith this morning. Faith is believing that God is. And God does what he says. God keeps all of his promises. He that comes to me, I will not cast you out. Whether you came to him as a child, whether you came to him as a teenager, whether in your adult life you've come to him, or if you haven't come to him yet, Jesus says, I'm here. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. And do that personally. No one can do it for you. No one can bring you to the baptismal fount. Although some have done that, we bring our babies, we bring our children. Preacher, baptize my baby, baptize my child. The child doesn't know what it's doing. There is no surrogate faith. There's no one that can be saved for you. The great difference in our Biblical faith, our evangelical faith, our Baptist faith is that salvation is personal. And dear friends, you have to do business with God. Would you say in your heart right now, Jesus, I love you. If I've never received you, I do that right now. I do it personally. But that's not the end of Mark 8. There's another rather interesting thing. Jesus... He's here on the side of this mountain and he says to 
his disciples. Now we're going now from this mountain to Jerusalem. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to die on a cross. Now I promise you I'm going to rise again on the third day. And Peter said, Jesus, be that far. Don't, don't talk about that to us. You know, I love your Sermon on the Mount, or Jesus, I love your moral teachings. Mahatma Gandhi, when he was in India, as a, uh, excuse me, in South Africa as a young man, went to a Baptist church, and he said, I, I heard them talking about Jesus, and I wanted to know about him. And Mahatma Gandhi said, I sat there and listened. But they were talking about him dying on a cross and dying for my sins. I don't like that Jesus. I like the Jesus preaching in the open fields or beside the lake taking the fishes from the little boy or the, or the loaves and feeding the people. I like Jesus healing people. I like Jesus doing miracles. But I don't like Jesus talking about dying on the cross for my sins. That's what Peter was saying. Now you listen. Listen carefully, my soul. Listen carefully, my friends. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You do not understand what God is doing. For you see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus died for your sins and for mine. There is no other covering for sin except the atonement, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if I perhaps would travel to Mecca, perhaps I would find God there. Or perhaps like Buddha, if I could travel and search for Noana, if I could search for peace. Oh, dear friends, they search and search and search. Come to Calvary. Come to Christ. He died for you. Jesus said, you must understand. You must plainly understand. And the scripture says, Jesus was talking to them plainly. There is no forgiveness of sin except the shedding of blood. And Christ has shed his blood for you and me. There is a a man who works for Walmart. He's a Jewish man. Very, very gregarious. I like him. When I pump gas at Walmart, we talk. And I ask him about his personal relationship with God. He said, well, I, I don't have a personal relationship with God. One day I will when I die. I asked, what do you mean? He said, when I die, I'm going to say, God, may my death atone for my sins. May my death atone for my sins. May my death cover all of my sins. Oh, my soul, my soul, my soul, do not be deceived. When I think of my sins, when I think of my rebellion, when I think of all the things that I have done, oh God, the only thing I can do is throw myself on the mercy of God. You don't have any other hope either. Peter, careful, careful careful. Jesus said, you must come to confess me personally. 
You must come to confess me plainly. I'm a sinner. I need your salvation, O God. I cannot earn it. I can't even explain it. But, O God, I throw myself on your mercy. My dear friends, I don't know what Jesus was saying other than that. Coming to church all your life and being a member of this great fellowship, unless Jesus is our hope, I have no hope. Do you have hope other than Jesus? No, no. Jesus has professed me personally, professed me plainly. Well, Jesus, that's, that's wonderful. I did that when I was a child. I, you know, I, I, I went forward in revival meeting and I shook the preacher's hand and we were all baptized together. But what have you done for the Lord lately? Where are you in your Christian life? Well, I, I had something that happened back there somewhere. The question is, what is Jesus to you now? Listen to what he says. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Being born again, being saved is just the beginning. It's not the end. Our life continues on and Jesus walks with us through this life and we're all pilgrims and we're all stumbling. If you'll come tonight, we'll talk about Simon Peter. What a, he was an example for us. He had his ups and downs. You want to know a real man. His name was Cephas, Simeon, Simon Peter, son of Jonah. He is so human. And I love to read about him because he's just like me. I wish I could tell you that all my days were bright sunshine. That all my days were filled with faith and all my days were glorious days. But sometimes they're just filled with difficulty and pain and heartache and doubt. And I scream, oh God, help my little faith. But I want to tell you, dear friends, when you give your heart to Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live within. And He doesn't come and leave and come and leave and come and leave and come and leave. He's there. He has been there all the time. And He's the one who helps you feel exactly what you're feeling right now. It's not some psychotic trick or some psychiatric thing that this preacher does. I simply call on you to listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you and says what you need to do. Have you met Jesus personally? Are you literally casting yourself upon his mercy and grace? Nothing in my hands I bring simply... To thy cross I cling. Oh, oh, I got... In, in Rangoon, Burma, Yangon they call it now, in the old Baptist office, the property that Adoniram Judson bought, there's a big Baptist building, and in the middle of the yard there is a statue. It's a huge cross, about 12, 15 foot tall, and there is a... Uh, They've carved a woman at the foot of the cross and she has thrown herself on the cross, clinging to the cross. And these words of that old Baptist hymn, simply, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. I stood there and I took pictures of it and I, I sang that song, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. That's what the Burmese women believe. That's what the Baptists believe in Burma. Oh, dear friends, may it ring again in our hearts. Jesus said, come follow me. You may say, well, I used to be. Dear friends, God wants you to be present tense.
He wants you to serve him now, to love him now. Quickly I move. Jesus, Jesus said, come to me personally. Who do you say that I am? Come to me plainly. Do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus said, and are you willing to make a commitment? Come, follow me. Now, well, Lord, you know, I, I've done that in my heart. You know, I, I really have. I've done that in my heart. Now you look at verse 37, and don't you go away without it. And 38. Whosoever is ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory with his holy uh, glory of his Father. And his holy angels. Jesus says he wants you to confess him publicly. Yes, publicly. I just don't, I'm embarrassed to do that. Jesus said, come to me personally. Come to me plainly, sincerely. Come to me in commitment. Come to me confessing publicly. I am making this sure in my heart right now. Right now. If I ask uh, Miss Melissa if she'll sing a song, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And it ain't going to be easy to get up and come forward, but some of you need to. Some of you need to. And this is our invitational hymn. Jesus invites you to come. Will you come right now? Will you come right now? Please just stand up and come right now. Come and kneel here at the altar. If you want to speak, I'll be glad to speak to you. I'll be glad to pray with you. As Melissa sings this song, just just bow your heads. Just bow your, Just do business with God, not with me. Do business with God. For your soul's sake, this is life and death, eternal life and eternal death. Jesus, keep me. Don't be ashamed if you need to. Just stand up. Come on. Come, my dear friend. Come, my dear friend. Man, woman, boy, or girl. Senior, young person. I want to thank you this morning for coming and hearing God's message through this poor, miserable soul. That's Mark chapter 8. Go home and read it yourself. Perhaps in your bedroom or your bathroom, sitting in your car. Oh, dear friends. Settle it with the Lord now, not tomorrow. May God bless you. We have some announcements. They're in 
you, you have the announcements. We're not going to have the announcements. I'm going to ask you to stand reverently for the benediction. Lord Jesus, take your good seed of the word by the hand of the sweet spirit of, the, of God, the Holy Spirit, and plant it in every heart. I thank you humbly for every believer who has trusted you as personal Savior and Lord. Oh, dear God, bless them and give them courage and hope for today and tomorrow as we rest ourselves in your mercy and grace. And if there's one here, Lord, after the service, I will be standing here and Brother Lee will be here. If they want to come and speak to us, we'll kneel with them and talk with them personally. We just thank you for working in our hearts today. Take us home now. God bless these dear people. Keep them safe. Oh, God, deliver us from disease, deliver us from flu, deliver us from bronchitis and the other illnesses. Deliver us, oh, God, from the cornea virus. We simply ask you and thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tonight. <laughs>